Hi, this is uh, Steve Deitch, and I'm the host of the latest episode of The Network Perspective. And I have the pleasure today to have the Chief Executive Officer of Dart Points, Hugh Karspecken, with me today. Hello, Steve. Hi there, you. What, you know, you what, what, before we kick this off, and we're going to have a really interesting conversation around uh, hybrid IT and, and the edge, why don't you give us a little background on yourself and what's going on at DartPoints? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've been in the telecom industry going on 22, 24 years, I lose track. Um, I have always played at the access portion, whether it was wireless, fixed wireless, cellular, uh, or wireline. Um, DartPoints is my, my third startup in the space. Uh, we started DartPoints back in 2012. DartPoints is a micro-edge data center operator. So we were doing the micro-edge data centers when they were very uncool at the time. Um, and so we have absolutely seen this market uh, grow and evolve as we had expected. It's, um, it's a very logical step. Telecom as a whole uh, goes in five to seven year cycles. And this is just a natural cycle in that state, uh, specifically with the data centers and telecom. Yeah, you know, the world is is rapidly evolving to that more distributed model. And, and you know, everybody's talking about the transformation or digital transformation is the, uh, the phrase du jour, uh, everybody becoming a digital business, hybrid IT is the enabler. <clears throat> and you're seeing, excuse me, and you're seeing uh, companies drive to have the right mix of IT, whether it be on-premise data center, public cloud, and now the edge is becoming front and center uh, as a complement to the public cloud and the existing uh, you know, centralized data center, the traditional data centers, because of the demands from near or real-time applications, uh, bringing processing as close as, as we can uh, to where the data is being generated, uh, more intelligence there from an artificial, you know, for artificial intelligence, machine learning, and all the applications and, and workloads that are applied to that. What are you seeing, you know, and, and there's a lot of buzz out there, but what, from a dark points perspective, what are you seeing out there that's reality today uh, from the edge, from a use case perspective? Well, it, 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 it all kind of goes back to your definition of edge. Uh, and there's a thousand and one different definitions out there. Um, and, uh, depending on what level of the OSI model you're coming from or what level of the stack uh, you, you like to focus on, edge can, be, can mean many, many different things. Um, the edge is not a location. Uh, the edge is not a customer set. Um, the, uh, uh, the, 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 the internet as a whole, which is now very understandable and very core in our mindset, used to be edge. Um, so this is, um, uh, Edge is just the brand new term that we placed on something that we used to call telecom access 20, 30 years ago. Um, this has been a can that has been kicked down the road um, for, uh, for, for, for a couple decades now. Um, my definition of Edge, uh, as I apply it, um, and I'm not trying to get very uh, high level or philosophical here, but it really is, um, it goes into how DartPoints has, has uh, approach the edge. The edge is really a function of time. 
you're solving something related to the customer's notion of time. Uh, this is, in some cases, time as it relates to latency and performance, um, time as it re uh, relates to their business model and revenue and cost reductions. Um, and so there, uh, so in some cases, uh, it is uh, entertainment. How, how do they best use their time? For example, gaming um, or localized uh, video content. And so um, uh, that's, uh, again, at the high level, as it relates to what we do, um, uh, we place all of our points have been doing since 2012. Um, our first sites were deployed in 2013. Uh, we are, uh, we've been doing this for quite some time. Um, these sites, um, our, our customers, um, we are solving uh, issues of convenience for them. We're um, solving issues of connectivity for them. Um, I've already mentioned uh, cost and revenue. Uh, but uh, the first thing that we saw, um, the edge is just an extension of, of, of the existing networks today. Um, data centers have, have grown up in locations for very specific reasons. There's reasons why Northern Virginia is popular. There are reasons why Phoenix is growing. There's a reason why Dallas is arguably <laughs> one of the data center capitals of the world. Um, and the edge is the same way. Uh, an edge site grows because a customer wants his data there. And, um, uh, and for whatever reason they may have. Uh, again, an Amazon might view it very differently than an Uber that might view it very differently than a CPA firm. Um, what we learned early on is that this is not a, a, a zero-sum game. Uh, when we were starting, uh, people were predicting the death of the enterprise data center. People were predicting that everything would go to the cloud. We have seen everything but. Um, we have learned that customers, as you would expect, house their data in three different locations, one of which is on-site, on their person, uh, in their office building, um, uh, off-site at a third-party data center, if you will. Uh, and then the third area is uh, it's in some form of shared infrastructure like the cloud. What's important is not where they put it. What's important is what ratio in each one of those locations. That's what's important. That's how you can best serve your customers. If someone was 100% in the cloud and that cloud is okay in Bainbridge Island, Washington, <laughs> well then that's their edge. Um, if uh, they tend to have, let's say 10 to 12% on site, well guess what guys? you can make some very good money on that um, and you can service them. Um, you can help them with whatever issue they may have. Some people argue and laugh at, you know, server huggers, if you will. Others, it's security. Others, it's compliance. Um, so there's, uh, it's, it's the, um, the, when people try to define edge in terms of the current data center industry, um, their definitions tend to be a little off. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me again. Yeah, there, there tends to be a thousand different definitions. And at the end of the day, I think you hit it uh, right on the head there where most companies have dozens, if not hundreds of applications that run their business and they are going to look for, the lack of a better word, the right mix of That's right. deployment models. And, you know, and it might be proximity. It might have to do with bandwidth economics, uh, latency, privacy, uh, data location, uh, performance, whatever it ends up being. But as long, you know, it's not, like you said, it, it, people are not going to do for us 
for us U.S. listeners, do a student body left to the edge. <laughs> yeah. That's, That's right. So, so with that, and, and you're in a position to, to comment on that, with, with the movement to this more, what we've called the distributed cloud, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. um, what do you think that for, for you from dark points or other service providers out there, what do you see as the biggest challenges right now as you're trying to address this increasingly distributed hybrid model from a business or from a technical perspective? What, what, what keeps you awake at night? So, so I wouldn't say this keeps me awake at night, uh, but it will, um, uh, it is the most significant challenge out there today. Um, and it will be resolved over time as people kind of settle down a little bit. There's nothing worse to a market than hype. Um, the edge is uh, an aggregate of 30 to 40 industries. Why that's significant is people are approaching the edge from the industries from which they come with their own perspective. And I'm not saying that that's wrong. The problem is we have a little bit of a tower babble happening right now. Uh, and there are folks that are coming in that have said, hey, I, I actually had this conversation once. Um, a fellow built tier four data centers for a major international bank. And he just went off on how wonderfully these things were built. And I, I said, God, I don't doubt that those sites are built extremely well, but at the edge, that's not what they're looking for. Um, you are not going to find a market for two N plus two infrastructure. Customers are just not going to pay for it. Now, if they are out there, and I, I, I can assure you that I'm sure there are definitely applications out there. You know, obviously, if you engage with the government or the military, you obviously are working some of those deals. Yeah, there's a lot of that out there, and they can build these very secure sites. But when it comes down into it, this is a brand new beast. This is operating off of completely different KPIs, completely different uh, metrics. How these are built, it's nothing like the data center world has ever seen. Okay, yeah, there are analogies. So there are parts like the UPS and the power distribution and all those things, gen sets, and that's all fine and good. But then I can tell you, guys, what if I told you I'm, I'm actually trying to get rid of the UPS? You'd have people look at me like I'm, I've got a fourth arm growing out of my forehead. <laughs> so it's, it's, th- there's a lot of things that are happening. Um, I had one person ask me why I don't buy my software just off the shelf. And I said, well, because there is no shelf that that software sits on. There's, when you take a look at some of these sites and some of the metrics and, and what I do to protect my sites um, or to make my sites more efficient, yeah, there are some there are some algorithms that come from the traditional data center world, um, but they're different. Uh, power u- utilization efficiency, I mean, that's, that's fine. Um, out at the edge, you know, it's not that big of an issue. But if you're running a 80 megawatt data center, it's a huge issue. Um, and people will, will, will like to take me to the mat on that until they actually see that when it comes down to it, the deployment factor, my customers their cost per kilowatt deployed isn't as, it, it isn't as sensitive as one may think. It's a lot more elastic uh, because there's reasons why they're there. Um, uh, don't want to jump ahead of the question, but, you know, one of the things, what are some of these apps that are coming out? Um, data heuristics is growing leaps and bounds at the edge. And one of the reasons for that 
is the farther you get to the edge, i.e., uh, I'm also a, a former engineer as well, current engineer, but uh, in the wireless world, your 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 radius shrinks um, and your performance improves, but your number of customers shrinks because obviously you, you're, you're cutting your distance. Um, you can bypass a lot of anonymity with regards to data heuristics out at the edge. I'm not saying that people are trying to figure out who people are, but what I'm saying is if you want to target a sale and you can bring it down to a subset of 100 people and that's of value to you, well, your ability to get to specific data is a lot more fruitful than if you're trying to pull it off of it, off of indices that are, are pulling in for millions of people, some of which might be out of New York, some of which might be out of Iowa. How they view that particular product could be wildly different. Um, and so we're seeing a lot of that growing. And so people are getting closer and closer to the actual users of these applications and purchases of these products. Um, and uh, we're starting to see a lot of that um, kind of playing in the mix. And traditional data centers can't address those um, as a function of time um, and, uh, and, and as a function of an event. Uh, but it doesn't mean that the larger core data centers um, are going to go away either. All that data eventually comes back in and resides um, and is ultimately mined. But there's um, uh, what I like to use the expression is the data sets at the edge are very different than the data sets um, at the uh, core. And that's because you're dealing, again, with 30 to 40 industries that are all colliding at this point, from the automotive all the way down to the traditional IT. Yeah, that, that's super interesting. Um, and I'm not sure people, you know, vast majority of people have really... Um, started to give that a lot of thought. Uh, you're obviously thinking ahead, but I don't think a lot of people would have framed it the way you did, where 30 or 40 industries are, are going to collide at some point. The question is when, it's not an if. Um, yeah. that's, that, that is an interesting uh, evolution that's going to occur in order to create efficiencies and uh, flexible solutions in the future. And, and you, know, you would hope that things aren't going to be lowest common denominator, but it's, you've got to get to a point where there's a balance. Oh, you've got that's some personality. Right. And uh, so that's, it's going to be an interesting ride over the coming years. Now, you were, you were mentioning before uh, about that it's just different out there. And you mentioned the, uh, the power. You know, it's interesting as you move farther out to the edge, you, you end up having some pretty unique physical requirements. Um, it could be a, a little mini data center. It could be a, a rack at the base of a cell tower. It could be a, a server or half a rack in a closet all can be considered the edge. You know, you can just let your imagination run wild with limited space. It's going to be unmanned. It's going to be remote. It, it's going to be different. It's going to be uh, thousands of points of presence, millions of points of presence with a minimal amount of infrastructure as opposed to the current centralized model. Um, th that, that's, th that's just forcing people to think differently. That's correct. Yeah, I, I mean... And, and, and how they deploy... Um, and you would, um, as much as I would like to think that I'm in a high tech, sexy position, if you will, um, uh, uh, of, wow, you know, you're trying to solve this. Um, I, this is basic blocking and tackling the edge. It's all about logistics. So, um, if you are, I, bigger issues start arriving at the edge that need to be resolved. I hear about people saying, oh, gosh, all of our systems, um, they're all going to be automated. Well, 
there is no automated system yet. So how do you handle that? How do you staff that? And people look at me and be like, no, you we're not going to staff that. Well, you have to start somewhere. Okay. So there is no current automation. Yeah. I, you know, we can get automated red, yellow, and green light feeds to a knock and that's all fine and good. And you can remotely unlock a door here and there, but that's not the problem. The problem is what do you do when your customer's delivery inadvertently shows up at an address that doesn't have a street address? <laughs> it kind of shoots your automation out the window. Okay. And what's an interesting is having sold to people for years in my career, the customers are going to do what the customers are going to want to do. And when you take a look at, um, and I won't name the company, but you know, they kind of dominate the internet. Moving into the edge, it's a headache. It's a good and it's going to be a useful headache. But specifically, one comment is, Hugh, um, gosh, I could see myself needing 2,500 sites throughout the uh, United States. But each one of my sites requires two servers. Do you understand the back office help I'm going to need just to make that happen? And the issue is, it's not that they can't, you know, slap a postage stamp and get the servers out there. The issue is, that's 2,500 separate setups in Iraq, okay, that they, they've got to keep track of. And if we've seen, again, there's plenty of analogies that are out there. Um, there are some of these telecom providers that have been acquiring many companies to the point that they've actually lost sight of where their pops are. Okay, and it's not because they're not smart companies, they're very smart, but they're just acquiring a lot of folks, so they lose track of what's happening. And so if, if, if I'm going to go and try to sell to a billion-dollar behemoth in the internet space, I better be able to solve what the IT guy that sits behind the dashboard, what he's going to need to be able to see. What rack space? Okay, how do you, how do you adhere to his standard? Now, there are groups that are, are solving some of these standards. Um, we are, you're going to see some of it make it to the edge over time. It will, but right now there, there's not a lot of it now because it's, 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 it, it the, the cost model is, is, is definitely a challenge, but handling these issues and handling customer standards. And also I, when I used to um, work uh, with some of the wireless carriers, um, these wireless carriers don't play nice with each other. And if you think that's funny, you wait till you get some of these large internet companies, start getting them to share power together. Okay. It's a different challenge. Okay. They will get around it. But when someone comes to you and says, Hugh, I need a rack that nobody can access. Well, you might need to have an open mindset that they might not be talking about physically blocking. It might actually be a procedural process that protects rather than a physical $20,000 rack that keeps fingers from getting into it. I mean, that's, these are some of the things that are happening. And so we solve items, for example, it doesn't mean a lot when a branch falls on a data center. If a branch falls on an edge data center, you probably need to know what happened mm, yeah. because that could be a branch. That could be a tree. That could be a truck. Okay. Um, and, um, uh, so these are all the challenges that we go into, and a lot of people laugh and say, oh, no, we're going to get software, or you know, the, the brains of Silicon Valley will be able to solve for these, and they will. Um, but if you look back at the telco world at the central offices just 20 years ago, um, when you see these people trying to enter in, into these types of, of, of 
new facilities, technology is not where, where, where you might think it is. It, it's still down to the basic blocking and tackling. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny sometimes as you ponder all the challenges that somebody goes through and it ends up being some of the more historical, I'll call it uh, human, more human activities that are the challenges um, as opposed to uh, some of the forward thinking or forward leaning technologies that are required to be put in place. Um, we tend to forget that that sometimes. Yes. Um, so let me let me ask you. We're, we're going to get to the to the close here in a second. Let me ask you, if you had words of wisdom um, for the industry right now, you know the the market's evolving, customer requirements are evolving, you know, and you were looking. Now let's turn our attention away from the tree hitting or the or the label not right. But if you were asking the technology vendors as a as you're a customer, you know, where do you think the biggest pain points are right now? Um, in terms of servicing the edge in this distributed cloud, um, the, the highest on your list. You mentioned automation before. Um, you know, yeah. there's obviously a, a whole bunch of technology that needs to be deployed as close as possible to the customer for those particular use cases, whether it be compute, storage, or networking. What, what's on the top of your mind or your team in terms of what, what are you looking for the technology vendors to, to supply in the near term? Um. Bluntly, the technology vendors need to cut their cost per kilowatt deployed down to a third. So this is, um, we do a lot of design. Um, we uh, are finding new ways to, to, to put stuff out there. Um, the, the, the days of um, large cost per kilowatts deployed um, do not survive at, at the edge. Um, and I'll give you an example. Uh, data centers have traditionally worked on redundancy. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they build everything in, in, in duplicates. Um, my focus now is on resiliency. Well, resiliency can be the equivalent of multiple generators, but it, it can also be the equivalent of uh, software-defined networking and being able to outload, offload, my customers out of a site in the event of an emergency. We saw a lot of this during Hurricane Sandy, where data centers were, because they had to, um, they were faced with 13-foot you know, walls of water, and they were pushing their customers out. More importantly, their customers were knowing that the site was going to go down, so they started moving themselves out. So we see this a lot. Um, and customers are starting to take some of that upon themselves. Um, and that's good because my, my platform we we build to enable my customers so um and uh which actually gets me to the main point that um focusing on the market the the, the market is is not being driven cannot be driven by the oems and the large vendors out there um they will catch up um their products will eventually start being de uh, designed that can can hit some of these cost points um the word of wisdom that I actually would provide to the market is don't just know your customer, know your customer's customer. People who are providing in this industry, and this is applicable to operators as myself, as well as the large equipment manufacturers, you need to know where you are in the food chain. 
you have to make sure you are one point removed from an external dollar entering into this market. If you are not, okay, you are part of the processing. And if your customer cannot survive in your data center, it means your data center is not going to survive, which means you're not going to survive. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of folks that are building these things. Uh, and I don't want to use the cliche of building and they will come. We know how that works for, for, for traditional data centers. Um, but there are a lot of people banking on some really, really big moves from people who haven't even remotely entered into this market yet. Okay. So you're going to see a lot of people deploy in the wrong place with the wrong products and in the wrong way. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very, very interesting dynamic going on right now. And I think you, you articulated that very well uh, that people are assuming that, and I'll use the word and, and uh, the classic data center designs um, and hardware redundancy and expensive rigid software stacks are going to be applicable as the world becomes more decentralized and more distributed. And as you move to the edge, as you saw, cost becomes an issue because for a variety of reasons, space or whatever is at a premium, redundancy just can't play from a hardware perspective. It's too expensive. Um, you were talking about 2,500 sites. You can't, use, you can't leverage your traditional data center model and deploy the same type of technology or technology methodologies to 2,500 sites that you would do in a centralized data center. Um, yeah. And there's just a lot. They're, they're, the thinking hasn't evolved. Or I, I don't think people don't understand it. I just think a lot of people are stuck. And how, how do they evolve their portfolios to address something that's moving so quickly and is so anti to their current approach? Yeah, it's, it's people were on um, an anti-enterprise bandwagon for, bandwagon for a little bit with regards to data centers uh, that cater to the large cloud companies. The cloud companies grab some of the enterprise. Um, I'm not saying that's what's occurring here, um, but uh, there is, uh, if it, using that, that picture of the fish, of the diagram, the small fish and then the bigger fish and then ultimately the larger fish all eating each other. Um, this, the one thing that the edge, um, and I, I'll take a half step back here. Edge has been around, people have been deploying edge sites for 20 years. Um, uh, they've been doing this for, a lot of people don't realize this, some of the largest manufacturers, gosh, they've got over 120 megawatts of deployed micro edge data centers. When I say micro, I mean 100 kilowatts. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, they, they've been doing this for a long time. What's changing is the single tenancy is shifting to multi-tenancy. When you build out single tenancy, that's a no-brainer. I'm not saying it's still not a challenge, but you've got one customer. They've got, you're usually, you are your customer, um, and you are uh, building a first set plan. The multi-tenancy is creating a marketplace. It's creating an ecosystem that is very, very dynamic. And each one within that ecosystem is feeding off the other. Um, and if you don't have that set right, um, then you're going to have people showing up that are going to be like, hey, I, you know, there's a reason why people aren't paying for these resources yet because they're telling the operator, hey, let me try before I buy. And what they're trying to do is they're, tr- they're trying to catalyze their business models. 
Um, or they themselves are trying to do a build it and they will come. And, hey, if I can be the first distributed cloud provider, well, then I'll have a leg up on Amazon. Um, and uh, and I, even though I, I, I applaud them for that, I'm, I'm glad that they're doing that. Um, but the problem is, as a data center operator, that's extremely dangerous. These, these do not, these are not as cheap as people think they are. Um, and the problem is, in a large data center, you might make that mistake once. The problem with the edge is you'll make that one mistake and you'll make it a hundred times. Okay. And so your ability to fix it or unwind it or to mitigate it just got that much harder. So we tend to measure twice, cut once. Um, we've had the same business model for seven years. Um, you know, we haven't been shifting. We're very disciplined. Uh, we don't try to grow up the stack because that's where my customers sit. Um, and so it is something that it's a lot. When you take a look at sites that might end up having anywhere between five to maybe 12, maybe 15 customers per site, the, the, these relationships are a little bit, they're, they're different and they're taking down, you know, you of use of space versus, you know, hundreds and maybe even megawatts of space. Um, and so it's a, it's a, uh, but they, they do it across many different locations. Um, I, we're working on a project now that, um, uh, in a, in a foreign country is requiring day one, 300 sites. How do you do that? <laughs> what, what is your logistical ramp? Okay. Um, uh, that's, I used to uh, build out cell towers, uh, cell sites, uh, back in the day. Um, and when you start, you know, when you take a look at 10 per month, you're, 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 you're cruising, you're doing well. Um, and so the, these things are, it, there are a lot of things that need to be resolved. Um, and I have found that I have placed a site and I've been a hundred feet off the mark. And that was the difference between a successful site and not a successful site. So anybody that's building things thinking, Hey, I think I found the location. Hey, hold tight. It's going to, it's going to be tough. Yeah. It, 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 it's really poignant what you just said in terms of the forethought, the planning, the understanding that the dynamics today are different. It goes back once again, you're deploying thousands of points of presence with minimal infrastructure, could be big, could be small, versus a centralized environment with thousands, if not tens of thousands of elements. You have a whole lot more room for error uh, in that yeah. one, including hardware redundancy, failover, and so forth. If you actually screw up those distributed environments where an edge deployment may be sitting out in the middle of nowhere, uh, you're not going to have, and it's multi-tenant, and you haven't designed that yeah. correctly or deployed it correctly, that, that is a, you, there, is no, there is no going back. You've, yeah. you've really screwed that one up right from the beginning. Yeah, that's exactly right. And having, I've, I've got more scars than I care to, to, to talk about, and my wife would not want me <laughs> to talk about either. Um, but yeah, we, those lessons are unfortunately learned the hard way. Um, and, um, and we're going to see quite a few of these in the next, I'd probably say the next year. Yeah. Yeah. Which is good. You know, the, the, yeah, absolutely. The, it's, it's, you know, where the, the saying is with complexity comes great opportunity. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I think, uh, I think dark points is, is definitely, uh, dealing with the complexity and, and driving and, and striving after the opportunity. So we're, we're at the end. We were, we, we, you know, we chatted for, for about a half an hour and I, I want to thank you, you for taking the time. I think this was super interesting. Uh, there's going to be you. more to come and I think there's going to be some interesting things that our re listeners are going to take away from this and a lot of things to ponder. 
So we've had Yukar uh, Specken, the CEO of Dark Points, with us. I'm Steve Deitch, the Chief Revenue Officer at SnapRoute, and we'll see you again very soon. Take care.